This presentation is from UX Australia 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Right. Good afternoon, everybody. I uh, had intended to talk to you about drugs, door handles and design. However, given this is a very short, condensed 10-minute presentation, I'll save door handles uh, for the conversation later. If you have a door handle fetish, please come and talk to me after this. Really what I'd like to talk about is the art of leading innovation. So what does it take to effectively support uh, and uh, help people that are leading co-design and innovation work? And I'll talk to some recent work that I've been involved with, uh, with Auckland Libraries. I've been engaged with them around uh, five years now on and off. Um, and one of the pieces of work we did recently was to define their service model, the means by which they engage with their customers. And in support of that, what I was asked to do was to help them build co-design capability at a community library level to enable practitioners, to enable their librarians to design products, services, and interactions with their communities. And that was fabulous. We put a program together. We helped build co-design capability. We thought that we were winning. The problem was is that didn't really deliver the sorts of results uh, that we were actually hoping for. We didn't deliver the sorts of business outcomes we were hoping for. And so we needed a way to raise the profile of co-design in the business, to make it more about actions and mindsets and behaviors, because what we were really looking for was to shift the culture. And in order to do that, what I was asked to do was to put, to put together a program around leading design or leading innovation. What does that look like? So that's what I'll talk you through a little bit this afternoon uh, and uh, one, one particular aspect of that. So what did we cover in that program? Well, we looked at helping people understand co-design, design thinking, uh, systems thinking, a whole bunch of different approaches. If you're going to lead something, you need to have some kind of contextual understanding of what that's all about. We looked at the emotional journey of innovation. You heard uh, uh, John Colco talking yesterday about the emotional journey of creativity and or innovation and what that looks like. We looked at essential practices of leadership and influence. We drew on the wide array of research and material and practices that already exist in this domain. We looked at visualizing the dynamics of leadership at a personal level, at a group level. What does that look like? What do the dynamics of leadership look like for you as a human being? What do they look like in service of co-design and innovation? And is that different for you? We looked at the role of intrinsic motivation and creativity, drawing on the, week of uh, the work of Teresa Amabile at uh, Harvard. Uh, we looked at organizational affordances, drawing on the language of Donald Norman uh, and thinking about the affordances of the organization and the organization's innovation function. We looked at creating opportunities to lead, drawing on the work of Herminia Ibarra. We looked at the role of language and metaphor in innovation and fostering relatedness and identity and the links of language to identity. We looked at Roger Martin's knowledge funnel and the expertise trap and how that applies to the innovation process. We looked at the principles of coaching and the locus of insight. We looked at a meta model of coaching to try and help cement uh, all of those learnings together. And finally, we looked at the vulnerability of growth and the mundanity of excellence, right? Being or growth requires some vulnerability um, and excellence requires the mundanity of practice. Practice makes practice. 
So that's what a program looked like, and all of that added up to giving people the confidence and capability to help them effectively support and lead innovation. I'll talk about just one aspect in the time I have remaining, and that's the principles of coaching and the locus of insight, and I think that these are important for leading innovation. So, a question to start. How many of you think you're pretty good at solving problems? Show of hands. There's some people that probably need to do some work on their problem solving. Yeah? So there's, there's some of you that think that you're pretty good at solving problems. How many of you love that aha moment when you solve a problem, when you have a kind of moment of insight? Show of hands. Good. Right. So I'm afraid to tell you that you're all drug addicts. But don't worry, there will be counselling services provided after the presentation. Um, the source of your addiction is your own neurochemistry, right? So I'll let you read that. But really, when you have an insight, you make those new connections. You release a little bit of energy. Because of that burst of energy and the satisfaction of solving a problem on your own, creates a greater sense of ownership and the motivation to put that idea into action. That's important. Bear those things in mind. What would you call this person in the middle doing that? Coach? Yep, fantastic. So, great suggestion, um, but you're wrong. He's not, in fact, a coach. He is a mentor. And I'll explain why in just a second. Where do you spend the majority of your time? Do you spend your time asking about the problem, telling people what the problem is? Very popular quadrant. Do you spend your time asking about the solution or do you spend your time telling people what the solution is? Equally popular. Each of those has a different role associated with it. And what I'm interested in is which quadrant do you think you need to be in to lead innovation? Not to do it, but to lead it. To lead the people that are doing the work. Now, it's my belief, and certainly my experience holds this out, that operating in the coaching and developing quadrant is a valuable place to be. How many of you are confident and comfortable and use a variety of different coaching frameworks consistently in your work? Show of hands. That will be exactly two people. And that's why I'm here talking about this. Because actually, I think the principles of coaching are quite fundamental to leading and to leading innovation. So the aim of coaching really is to help others uh, gain awareness of a dilemma and through a series of structured questions and there are a variety of different frameworks, help them through that awareness, help them reflect to a moment of insight, that face that looks like a mixture of LSD and ecstasy, um, and then to help them take action and commit to taking that action. And the key here is that you don't generate that face of insight. If you tell people what the answers are based on your own insights, because you're a, a drug addict, a selfish drug addict, keeping all your neurochemistry to yourself, or indeed if you solve their problems for them. And that means that you deny them the motivation to put their ideas into action, because you haven't allowed them that moment of insight because you're so addicted to it yourself. And if innovation is all about taking action, then when you operate in that quadrant, you get very different outcomes and a very different culture around innovation. So the message here is share the drugs. Or alternatively, and perhaps more accurately, help people to grow their own. <laughs> I'm from New Zealand. 
Um, and there's a variety of frameworks that you can use to do this, first and foremost, being Grow. You could also use Steps, Stepper, East, Oscar, and Achieve, and you'd be an underachiever if you didn't use a framework called Achieve. Where does all of this leave us? Well, I think the problem with the way that we're currently thinking about and attempting to lead innovation is we're confusing things and people. You manage things and you lead people. You manage things and you lead people. We've defined innovation as a process, a thing, and we think we're leading people when what we're doing is shepherding people through a series of steps. We've optimized our processes to have, have people do their best in service of the organization. We've forgotten about helping them to be their best. And that is the role of leadership. So it doesn't matter whether you're using design thinking or lean or agile, or whether indeed you spend your time uh, doing sprints and having your team run around like a headless chicken for no apparent reason. These are not ways to lead people, to support and foster human growth within your organization. They're processes, they're methods, they're things. They arose in a relatively technical domain designed to deliver technical solutions. They were never intended for the purpose with which they are currently being used. It's like using a spade to try and hammer in a nail. So, what is the way you're managing innovation affording at a people level in your organization? And what are the methods and the processes that you're using actually enabling at a human level? Are those processes helping people to be their best while they do their best? And if not, I challenge you to think about that and think about how you might draw on some of the very many approaches, for example, the principles of coaching, just one aspect that exists in other domains that have been around doing this for much longer than we have, and perhaps draw on those. So, one of the quotes out of many as a result of this work, I feel like I've had a career renaissance from a community library manager. That's a pretty big deal. Someone feels like you've injected new life into them and their career. And that's by looking at this program and particularly around the principles of coaching. I've spoken about one aspect. There are a whole bunch of different aspects that we took into account to try and put this together. I've deliberately used ellipses during this presentation because for me, this is a conversation. It's a conversation I'm having with my clients. It's a conversation that I'm having with other agencies and it's a conversation that I would like to have with you. So if you're interested in continuing that conversation with me after this presentation, whether you agree or whether you disagree with what I've said, that's absolutely fantastic. I'd love to learn from you. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this presentation from UX Australia 2018. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.